0: What's up, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 142 on normalize or normalizing, creating comfort in your life.
1: So what's up, millionaires? My name is Cara Craig. I'm also known for um, the Cara Craig show, like Camera Cara. I am um, a corporate executive marketplace professional. Um, I specialize in black women in luxury and promoting black women in luxury. I'm a mental health advocate, a Los Angeles native, Cheney University alumna, um, Purdue University MBA candidate. So normalizing luxury and comfort in my life is an absolute must. <laughs> Um, you can expect from today's episode that I'm going to talk about how I manage my crazy work schedule between going to work full time, going to school full time and putting in my self-care time and my she time as I like to call it and being comfortable and make sure that you are on lock with us in the Million Dollar Mind podcast.
0: And welcome back millionaires. This, This is the most trusted podcast for passion and attraction and you are in the right place If you're here for money, making tips and tricks for living a more passionate life. So here are some key notes and some facts about our guest, Cara Craig. You heard a little bit from her, but she is a content creator, an advocate for so many things that you're going to hear her uh, bringing up throughout the, you know, throughout the context of our conversation. She is also the curator of her own show, Lights, Camera, Cara, and a L.A. native and fellow Cheney alumni. So I'm super excited to have this Cheney fam member on the show to just drop some gems on you guys and you millionaires out there who are just looking to find a little bit of comfort in, in, you know, the uncomfortableness of, you know, putting yourself out there and, you know, making things happen uh, on a day-to-day basis. So I guess let's just start with your upbringing, Cara, you know, and your past experiences. How would you say that those have kind of molded you into the person that's sitting here with us today?
1: Oh, easy. My mom is the reason I am who I am. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, I grew up in a, it was like an upper middle-class neighborhood um, with parents that did like the corporate nine to five route their entire mm-hmm. lives. So I guess that provided a bit of comfort for me. And I'm an only child or I was raised as an only child. So it was always just having that full access to my, fa- my family's resources. And when I say that, like, they were always very supportive of me and every aspect of like the word support, taking care of me, making sure that I had time to do the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That played a huge role. Like my mom was always looking for opportunities to like put me in a debutante program or, you know, get me around public speakers, or she's taken to church a lot. And I did a lot of public speaking there, but everything that she did, it was to curate the woman that I am now. And, um, I can definitely say I wouldn't be who I am without my mom. That's for sure. She, um, even though my mom is a she's, a she's what I like to call like a superwoman, she has that superwoman syndrome thing, but she mm-hmm. always used to take me with her when she had her downtime to go get her hair done or to get her nails done or to partake, partake in her quote unquote self-care. And we would turn those into mommy and me days. So a lot of the things that I do now, my mom taught me how to do them very early and how to balance them with her life. My mom was a very busy lady, like mm-hmm. it's kind of abnormal, but I was more so home with my dad because my mom was always going on trips for work or doing public speaking engagements like on a national level, representing her organization. So
2: I got to like watch from afar, but she's been my coach <laughs> yeah
0: so she's so she's so your mom has been your coach throughout all of this and that's amazing so shout out to your mom shout out to all the super moms out there because um you know that's definitely a huge part of just your upbringing in general just having a supportive uh group and people that you know really go out the bat for you every single day is big on your mental you know uh you know how you even appear or think of challenges, right? If you have someone that is constantly overcoming their challenges, it makes you just feel more confident in, you know, overcoming your own challenges as well and not curling up or, or balling in the corner and, you know, feeling defeated whenever we're faced with, um, you know, opposition and, and things of that nature. So um, shout out to your mom, Cara. And this this is actually very relative to uh, an episode that we have a couple of days back. And it was more so tips on how to achieve and work overload and you mentioned in your introduction just all the things that you have going on you know uh, even now being a full-time you know working full-time but also going back to school and being a candidate uh, at Purdue I I heard you say so that's amazing congrats on that but tell us a little bit about how you how you balance that how do you make time for all these things and not and, and avoid the feelings of you know stretching yourself thin or you know having those breakdowns to where you may feel like this is too much to bear you know how do you avoid those things or what are some key key methods that have worked for you
1: um definitely only making time for things that serve my bottom line if that Mm -hmm. makes sense and having these like amazing time management skills but it's something that i had to cultivate on my own um because you know i feel like when you get in the real world a lot of important things pop up. People will like to say, this is important. Like your job may say, this is important. Your supervisor may say like, oh, this deadline is important for school. They can say, this is important, but prioritizing me and what's best for me and my schedule has been a game changer for me and learning how to comfortably say no, that has been a game changer for me. The Mm breakdowns still come because they're inevitable because so much is going on. Mm -hmm. But it's about like just pushing through them. I go to therapy every week too. Like I learned a lot of tips and tricks there. Mm -hmm. Getting my mental health on a, like keeping it on a hundred has been my top priority. Everything else comes second to me is what I learned there.
0: Yeah. And I think that therapy, uh, the therapy piece is is big. Um, I'm a huge advocate of, you know, us going back to normalizing, investing in our mental and spiritual health by, you know, investing in therapists and and people who can, you know, help us push through some of these things that we feel like we need to go through alone, when in all actuality, we have people, and we have the resources uh, there, we're just not properly taking advantage of, of those resources. So I'm glad to hear that that's a resource that you're taking advantage of and that has been very beneficial for you as well um and And one thing that you have brought up as well was just prioritizing you and uh feeling comfortable with the word no and knowing when you have to tell someone no uh that is a skill that a lot of us need to work on, and we feel as though there's such a negative connotation with telling someone no that it yeah. makes us it makes us a little bit um it, it makes us shy away from that because for some reason we we don't we we, we just try so hard not to hurt people and we assume that people hearing no and people hearing our true opinions is going to hurt someone's feelings. It's not always, that's not always the case. And um, one thing that I learned, Carl, was it, the easier it got for me to say no, it, it came from me establishing uh, and knowing myself a little bit better about having like core values and, yeah. and things that I'm following on a day-to-day basis. And last time we talked, you had something that was very similar to a core value. Um, but I know that you were doing like the the annual annual motto, and when we talked last year, it was hers twenty twenty one. So 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 what's this year's motto? What what are the what is the motto that you're going by this year that is really helping you be uh, very intentional about the things that you prioritize? Because I'm pretty sure it has everything to do with what your bottom line is.
1: Absolutely, it's limitless twenty twenty two this year. And it's been me solely focusing on putting my effort into my MBA program and finishing it. I'm in my last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I feel like that will give me more credibility in the field that I'm in. And um, it will definitely it's definitely enhanced my experience as it relates to business. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that degree is going to open up so many more doors like even when, um, you know, I'm talking just in regular conversation with my colleagues, it's like their eyes light up like, oh, you're in you're an MBA program, too. It's like they're already looking for more things for me to do, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: but, um, which is cool because that's like more opportunities for me. But just being limitless and intentional, like I have another big surprise I'm going to announce, but I can't talk about it now, but it mm-hmm. has a lot to do with limitless. Um, but yeah, just focusing on things that are going to enhance me professionally, um, personally, those are my two bottom lines in 2022.
0: Mm -hmm. And if it don't apply, I'm sure you have a a great system for letting it slide.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, like I, like I said, you do a great job of prioritizing things very well. So, um, what, what do you say is more beneficial to you? Are you the type of person that. Um, puts everything on the calendar or do you walk around with a journal where you kind of write down to do's? How do you find it? Like, I know that, you know, you use things like saying no and things of that nature, but how do you realistically find the time to be able to achieve at a high volume with also having so many different things and so many different moving parts?
1: My calendar on my phone, my alarm system on my phone, post-it notes posted all over my apartment <laughs> mm. post-it notes posted like at my desk in a color coded or a color coded fashion that mm. matches the rest of everything but um lots of post-its lots of alarms and my calendar is fully booked
0: yeah like well I, and I like to ask that question just because you know so it, everything kind of works for everybody you know it's, it's, it's one thing that works for me and it may be another thing that works for you and you never know. Some Somebody that's listening to this will be like, wow, I never even thought of getting some color-coded post-it notes. I I sure haven't thought about that. And I think that that would be super beneficial, especially putting it in places that are being seen all the time. Um, yeah. for, for me, uh, I would say that the post-it notes are kind of replaced by like a journal. So I like keep a journal on my hip at all times. And I'm like constantly writing in it. I'm writing my to-dos on the latest page so I can always see you know, what I have to prioritize in my schedule. And of course, you know, similar to you is I'm putting everything on my calendar, um, on my phone or on my laptop, my Google calendar is like my life. Everything is on there. Um, so these are, these are all some great methods. Uh, would you say that, um, out of all of that, what are some mistakes that you made starting out? And do you find that those mistakes were essential for, you know, the growth and, you know, kind of where you are now?
1: This one's a huge one because it really did take a breaking point for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It took a breaking point for me to be as focused on my bottom line and as focused on my vision for my life, in a sense. Um, It has been so... No worries. Um, But it is, it took a breaking point of finally just having the hugest breakdown of my life. Um, my senior year of school, I was completely stressed out, completely
2: like overspit. <laughs> oh my god, the male <laughs> guy, the male guys like oh oh
1: But um, I think the biggest change for me was um realizing what a change needed to be made, if that makes sense. It was crazy. Yeah. Having a breakdown like literally not being able to do anything because I was suffering from like crazy anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and just being at a standstill. Like that's when I knew that I had to make a change. And I started getting invested in mental health and my mental health and my emotional well being and just my personal development overall
0: mm-hmm. is and, what and made it me realize like,
1: that. Yeah.
0: It, it, and it seems like just focusing on those things, everything else kind of falls in line. Uh, mm-hmm. where sometimes we feel like we always have to focus on, you know, doing, 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 and we don't focus on the actual care and the preparation, where if we focus more on the care and the preparation, it makes it easier to do. You, it's it's kind of like you, you create the, the mental capacity now to focus at a higher level as opposed to always be moving, always be, you know, doing the activities. But if you, if you're doing activities without, without a plan, Without you know, preparation, the activities that actually are affected drastically as far as how well they're performed.
1: Absolutely. There's this saying, it's um prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Mm -hmm. So now if I can just like plan ahead for things, like this morning, I could have easily been stressed out about the car and you know the accident and what happened. But it's like, okay, I put the prior proper planning together. I have insurance. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I have everything that I need already in the car. Give them the information. I'm going to go home and I'm not going to stress about it because I did what I was supposed to do. You know, mm-hmm. little things like that that make a huge difference in just prior proper planning. Absolutely. But you have to know yourself to do that.
0: You you definitely have to know yourself to do that. And that's where, that's where the journaling was most important to me. It wasn't more so, you know, having a to-do list, you know, that I see every day. It was more so uh, using it as an opportunity to just kind of check in with myself. Um, And also to review my check ins with myself on a daily basis, you know, to see where I'm at mentally and then also to kind of read back and see where I used to be or where I was mentally and recognize the growth in that as well. So you're definitely right. And I'm familiar with that saying prior proper planning just prevents uh, piss poor performance and you get to focus more so on, again, uh, the the bottom line. And so uh, let's talk about it. Uh, the, The topic of this conversation is, of course, normalizing comfort and a certain level of luxury in your life. Why, why do you feel as though that is so important? Why is that so necessary? You know, I guess you could speak on it on two, two terms. Why is it so necessary for you? And why would you believe that that is just a necessary concept for most people?
1: Well, let me start off by saying that I know what luxury is to me, and I know what makes me comfortable, mm-hmm. um, how I've normalized comfort. And I don't want to put off like what I am doing is what anyone else should be doing. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like um, I think that comfort or luxury, it varies from person to person. Like I know single moms, I know moms that stay at home, they're like stay at home moms. And like the things that bring me comfort aren't necessarily going to bring them comfort, you know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. they might just want to have like a getaway and they might want to just travel for a while or I might buy a new bag for myself. And that makes me happy. So knowing I think what makes you happy and what is comfort to you, it could be using more of your sick days at work or you know, taking your mental health more seriously and maybe investing in a therapist so that you have someone to go and talk to when you feel like you're overwhelmed. Um, For me, like I said, it's it's buying things a lot of the time or buying experiences. Like, I love going to the spa. Um, I love just being able to smoke in the jacuzzi. Like, I love being able to just like have a full day for myself where I do nothing but just put makeup on and practice like my contouring. And, but it, it varies from person to person. So I guess my, it's important for people to know what makes them happy and what makes them comfortable so that they can exercise those practices and so that they can also budget for those practices, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think that goes back to the prior proper planning. Right. and it's it's a very personal thing like what makes you comfortable what makes you happy that's what should be important to you and that's what you should make time for that's what you should budget for because that affects your overall bottom line if you're not okay if you don't feel okay like what really gets done
0: and and you're you're right that that luxury and comfort looks different on everybody you know so for some people it could be you know Luxury looks like being able to drive in a new car every two years where other people may be to travel out of the country every Mm -hmm. every 12 months. Um, So so that comfort does look look it look different for everyone. But I feel as though the purpose of why it's important is more so the same. And what I kind of hear you saying, Cara, is that it's important because it just continuously is an investment in you and your happiness and making sure that you have the mental capacity to take on more to, you know, to achieve more because you're invested in how good you feel about yourself. And mm-hmm. you know, people who don't feel good about themselves don't produce results. People who feel great about themselves produce good results. Um yeah, so nice. it sounds like that's the reason why, you know, normalizing comfort and normalizing luxury in your life is important just because it just puts you at the mental space to be able to do more for yourself. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly oh. what I meant.
0: Okay, perfect. Perfect. So we we're on the same page and I so Let me ask your opinion on this, because I have my own uh, opinion. But of course, as we talk about, you know, normalizing something like comfort, I can get how some people could also get another message out of that saying, because you and I both know that in order to achieve, you still have to partake in a certain level of discomfort. You have to put yourself out there. You have to do things that you've never done before. So for you. What is the balance or the fine line between, you know, discomfort to create comfort? What does that look like? Because, you know, people are like, oh, I want to be comfortable. And they'll use that as an excuse to be inactive, not do anything about their current situation because they want to be comfort. I think some people use the word comfort as a blanket, um, mm-hmm. as an excuse, um, and, and forget that there's still always work that needs to be done. So what does that look like for you, the difference between discomfort and comfort?
1: Um, like. I can give you a prime example. Um, I go to work every single day, mm. right? And it's like, it's not an option to not go to work. Like I have to go to work. But I think I do, I put up the sacrifice now to go to work and do this program full time because it's it, it serves my long-term bottom line. I think knowing that the sacrifices equal the comfort is a huge game changer because I could look at getting up for work every day and being like stressed with certain parts of what I have to do on a day-to-day basis. But I think changing my mindset and uh, or adjusting my mindset has been a game changer because you have to stack up. There is no such thing as just somebody that's comfortable all the time. Like you can be uncomfortable in different areas of your life. And that can motivate you to be like, you know, I want to make adjustments so that I can be more comfortable. And sometimes that adjustment is just a mindset shift. Am I making sense?
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent.
1: I think just doing what you have to do until, you know, you can't do it or until you no longer have the capacity to do it. I would stress that. I think that's important. Being uncomfortable so that you can have comfort what you have to do until you can do what you want to do kind of mindset i think that's that's just my mindset Mm. i hope that answers your question
0: yeah and and it kind of so i'll put it how i'm translating it I'll, i'll put it into my own experiences because for me it looks like um you know being comfortable as far as financially and with time freedom wanting to be able to live a comfortable life of you know having all my finances figured out being able to travel when I want to being able to spend time with my family as much as I like to but also having to do things that may feel uh, a little bit uncomfortable like waking up early to have time to go to the gym before I start my day or waking up early to you know have the time to read uh, a book because I know the rest of my day may be you know hectic um so that's what i had you translated as the the discomfortness but it's also sounded like the way you worded it is also seeming like it's only discomfort uh this like uncomfortable because you know we're not used to it yet so it, even eventually the waking up for me should eventually be comfortable is, is what it sounds like the method uh is what you're saying yes got it yes so, so even the discomfort again is what we're the point that you're making is like, even that is temporary. The discomfort right. is just because you're introduced, introducing a new behavior to your lifestyle. But once you adjust accordingly, it becomes an uncomfortable, it becomes a comfortable feeling. And now you the you're comfort back to can you. be
2: the reward,
0: right? The
1: comfort can be the reward and the comfort can be, like I said, it can be different things for different people, but as long as you can get to that comfort, like, that uncomfortable, that uncomfortability is going to be what makes you grow. What makes you want to make a change that is beneficial to your bottom line.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If
1: that makes sense,
0: uh, it makes a thousand percent sense. And even another thing that you mentioned was, uh, it's about the mindset. It's about a shift in the mindset. Uh, let's talk about that. I w- I do want to delve into that a little bit more. What type of mindset do you believe, you know, people should adopt to normalize comfort and and luxury in their life? That they are
1: worthy of comfort. In our community specifically, um, I think there's like this, I don't know why it exists, but there's this like anti comfort thing. There's this anti luxury thing. Like, I don't know. People sort of think like that comfort is like a reward and you have to like be worthy of comfort in, all, in order to indulge in it. And that is like so not okay. Like, I don't save anything for a special occasion. Like my life is a special occasion. I'm going to dress how I want to dress. I'm going to travel where I want to travel to. I'm going to drive what I want to drive because these are all, you know, comfortability things for me, if that makes sense. But like, there are some people that will literally like discourage your comfort because it makes them uncomfortable. But Mm. like, you can define your comfort. You can define what your luxury is and you're worthy of it. I don't think a lot of us, um, realize that like we're worthy of things I think a lot of the time we're so often or we're so used to just being told to be grateful for what what we have or you know just be happy that you have this and don't have that those can be motivators to be like you know what I do deserve to be more comfortable I want to be more comfortable but I don't think everyone takes action mm-hmm. um and it, but I feel like a huge part of normalizing comfort normalizing luxury is knowing that you're worthy of it because you exist and because you want it. Now it's just about doing the work to get you that outcome. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense and not allowing other people and their opinions of what you should have and what you should be doing really affect that bottom line for
0: you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so funny because oftentimes when I hear like the people who like just shout out, you know, be grateful, don't be ungrateful. it's, uh, It's so, is limiting, and that's why I love what mm-hmm. your mantra of the year is: "Limit less." Because, it, it, like, who's to say that the definition of gratitude and gratefulness means to not want more
2: or yeah. to not allow
0: yourself to have more? Is is that's when people say it like that? Is it's like they're saying you can't you can't possibly be grateful and want more for your life? And yeah. I think that you know, the more grateful you are, the more you actually get for your life. <laughs> The,
2: exactly like,
0: it's like it's not a one or the other type of thing i can't only want more and then be ungrateful or i can't be grateful and not want more for myself It's the more grateful you are the more you open your mind your hands and your heart to just the abundance of opportunities that's laid in front of you every single day
2: absolutely um,
0: and, and you said something too Carl, that i'm going most likely write down as a quote on my mirror uh for next quarter and that is my life is a special occasion." that is mm-hmm. that's big. And I, I love, I love that is probably the quote of the the episode, right? Because you're saying it's not, it's not about saving. Like it's not about only doing things for this special occasion. It's like, you should treat your life as a special occasion. Yeah. You should be proud of yourself for accomplishing, you know, that goal. You should be proud of yourself for acquiring that new client and you should reward yourself for, for those accolades. Absolutely. And I
1: think there's room to there's there's space for both Mm
0: -hmm. There's
1: space to want more. There is room for also realizing that you can grow in a few areas or that you could do better in a few areas. Um, But the two can definitely coincide. They can coexist. And I think another huge thing is like, who do you have around you that are affirming the things that you believe that's like, because you're, Who's around you can definitely it it affects you. You know, the the five people, if you hang out with five people or if you hang out with four people and they all have the same mindset and you're the fifth person in the group, you're gonna follow with Mm -hmm. what they're doing. But if you intentionally place people around you that affirm the things that you believe, and like I was saying, I think I said earlier this week, if if um you're around people. You you need to make sure that like you're comfortable emulating them because that's what's going to happen inevitably, like their lifestyle, their income, their habits, like pay attention. And I think a lot of people, they don't grow because they have the same people around them. And when they have like a mindset shift, sometimes they, they keep the same people around them that don't enable them to bring their ideas and manifest their, their visions for themselves because the people around them. I affirming mean, they like never change the
0: people around them. right they right they grow but they don't they don't grow their circle with their exactly. growth
1: exactly
0: yeah yeah exactly. and it is it's a trend here like Carl we literally was just having this conversation on the last episode i had um an investor friend of mine uh his name is Tanner and he was literally saying the same thing and it just comes to the to the fact that growing up i i, I was taught to believe that if you hang around the fire you're going to get lit in a good way. Like if you hang around people that you're trying to be like, you're going to be like them. So it's it's just about changing your circle and surrounding yourself with with like-minded individuals. And I've even seen that change to like recently, like one of my homeboys actually just told us about um, uh, a credit plate, just kind of more so financial education and things that I've never thought that existed, or it was even just around my old or you know, previous group of friends and support system, nobody was on the type of time that he was talking about. And if it wasn't for, you know, just expanding and understanding that you want different things and start hanging around those different people, I would have never even been exposed to to what he was talking about. And now he got our whole, he got our whole friend group pretty much now implementing this, this whole, this new, this new method to kind of put ourselves in a better situation financially, to be able to do more and and, and attract more. So I'm just thankful every day for the people that I, you know, come cross paths, uh, pass with. And uh, sounds like you just great, just as grateful as well because whoever you hanging around, they've instilled some great things, and I'm sure you've instilled some great things in whoever you hanging around. Because if you hang around the fire, you're gonna get lit.
1: Period. I love that. If you hang around the fire, you're gonna get lit. I love that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So one thing you said, um, also just touching back on, you know, how people. Want more they want to do more, but they're missing action um just from your experiences and the action that you've you know uh cl- with with great intentions have uh established in your life, what are some action steps that you know think you know we can you know do to live more comfortable lives
1: It varies from person to person
0: mm-hmm. it,
1: it depends on what what does comfort look like to you mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. does luxury look like to you and identifying those things and then like i said putting a budget together for them like you do you know how crazy i would look out here doing every i would like doing everything that i want to do but i didn't pre-budget for it yeah. like i didn't have a plan in place together i would be like on the street
0: <laughs> like, that is chaos so
1: the prior proper planning definitely comes into play and then i think it it just depends on what you want like i know i love For example, my Starbucks, I love my Starbucks and I love being able to treat myself to a bag maybe once every couple of months, every three months, but I'm saving for those things. I'm budgeting for those things. When I go on a trip, I've been budgeting at least for a year before I went on that trip. You know, it's Mm -hmm. little things like that. But like I said, it's going to vary from person to person because what makes me comfortable it may not be what brings someone else more comfort.
0: Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It, it does, and to even help you out a little bit more, because you know, I, I I talk with the millionaires every single day. They they join me week in week out, so I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, the audience here is looking for, you know, what they define as comfortable. And a comfortable life is time and money, freedom. Um, and, and so, one thing I can definitely agree: if you're looking for to live a more comfortable life with time and money, freedom. The budgeting and the planning is is definitely a must. So throwing that in there, uh, and with some other things. Well, um, on top of that, what what would you say those things look like? Because I mean, it sounds like even for you, uh, it sounds like time and and money, freedom is is luxury and and comfortable for your life as well. Is that right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Knowing what I can and cannot take on, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) knowing what um, knowing what my end goal is. Like I don't do anything. For no reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like be- being very intentional with everything that I do, because I know that it's going to contribute to my bottom line, has been a game changer. And getting people around me to affirm, like, I have accountability partners, um, people that I talk to literally on a day to day basis. And I let them know what I did or did not do that day that contributed to my bottom line. And they keep me accountable with those
2: phone calls.
0: Okay. Okay. And I've, I've heard you say, so you said this, this term, uh, a few times and for most of us, um, myself included, not anymore, but in the past I've associated it uh, a bottom line with strictly, um, some type of financial metric. When you say bottom line, what, what, what do you mean by that?
1: I mean, my end goal, I mean, um, to give you examples, like what I want to make per quarter or what I want to um, like, to, how do I want to enhance my life per quarter? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not always related to money. It could be like my my working out and my habits mm-hmm. with working out. Like, how many times did I go to the gym this week? You know, mm-hmm. having all of those goals, the, like those are my bo- my goals are my bottom line.
0: Got it. You're non negotiable. It sounds like yes. Got it. That very non. Sense. And
1: it's very personal. You know. Mm-hmm. And, everyone can define what their bottom line is but mine is strictly for me does that make sense
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no that that makes sense so even how you put it um if i'm using it the same way my bottom line is more so like my core values uh education family fitness and finance and my the way that i live by my core values is when it comes to uh allocating or um figuring out what activities I need to do. If those activities have nothing to do with those core values, then I have no business doing the activity. Um, exactly. So that's pretty much where we at with bottom line. So for all everybody who's listening, now, you know, when we say bottom line, it's not necessarily tied to a a financial metric, which is how businesses say is the bottom line, right? But mm-hmm. it could be your end goal, your purpose, what it is that you're trying mm-hmm. to do. Coolio, coolio. So we're on the same page and, um, as we're starting to wrap things up, we're a little bit halfway through, Cara. Again, I got to say I appreciate you for coming in here and dropping some great mindset tips and some, uh, some wellness tips as well. Uh, because all this is more so geared towards first focusing on your mental health and just making sure that you're mentally well and prepared to just live a more passionate life in general. Um, so this, this next question is, how do you, this one is more so uh, an abundance type of question. How do you find the opportunities? How do you be how are you so receptive to opportunities that allow you to continue to do what you love?
1: The people I'm around. <laughs>
0: there, there the people
1: I'm around because um I like I know within myself like Kara is very lazy sometimes. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't want to do everything that she said she wanted to do last week. So like <laughs> I have to have people around me they are constantly and my mentor, jeez, my mentor keeps me so on point. Um, and I always one thing about me, I in, or, I in order to have friends that do the things for me, I have to be that friend that shows up for them. So when we have our like girls' night or when we have our um our like date nights out, like we'll talk about what each one of us are doing. It's sort of like a professional development circle. Mm-hmm. but also like a personal development because they're like they, the two kind of have to co-exist. The one makes the other. But um, when I sit down with them and I talk to them about what I'm doing or what I'm trying to do, I have, I've been blessed with very supportive people where if they hear me doing something that I want to do, or they hear me expressing that I want to do something, if they hear about an opportunity that they think that'll be great for me, like they'll bring it to me. And likewise, like if I see something that can benefit one of my friends or one of my family members that I talk to, I'm going to tell them about it. Mm -hmm. But that just goes back to having the right people around me,
0: intentional people. Got to stay with the right people. And just as they're intentional, you also have to yourself be intentional about communicating to them because sometimes we can assume that, you know, the people are the right people that we need to hang out with, but we're not intentionally communicating to them what we're trying to accomplish so we never really get a good idea if our goals or our lifestyles are aligned
2: Mm -hmm. that's a that's
1: a huge that's an that's a game changer right there
2: Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: i purposely i hang out with maybe two people that like are it's the two 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 rule right i hang out with two people that are like not necessarily like they haven't made it they're younger you know they're a little less experience, but it's like, they want to be around me. And it's like my way of giving back. I spend a little bit of my time with them. And then I spend a little bit of time with people that are on my same level. We're going through like some of the exact same things. You know what I'm saying? Um, Personally and professionally. And then I hang out with two people that just happen to be a couple that are like where I see myself in life. Like this is the life that I want for myself and intentionally spending time with them that mm-hmm. like, like and just keeping it balanced like I don't want to have a whole friend group where we're all doing the same thing all at the same place in life like I want to be around people that you know I want the I want their habits to rub off on me I want to be where they are and then people at your same level and then people that haven't made it to where you are yet but you know you feel like it's worth it to give back and sort of share the things that you've learned with them
0: absolutely absolutely so I have I have two power questions that I'm 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 very curious and very excited to hear your feedback on. And the first one is um, geared towards entrepreneurship. Would you recommend entrepreneurship to everyone? No, absolutely okay.
1: not. It's and not so, for
2: everyone.
0: Okay, and I, and I'm with you on that one. I agree. I just want to hear the the why. I want to hear the motivation. And I promise, is a method to to this this seemingly obvious question. <laughs>
1: like. Entrepreneurship I felt like when we got out of school, um, entrepreneurship, it was a wave. Like it was like everyone can do this. You don't have to work a job if you don't want to. And people like dive into entrepreneurship and then it's like not what they thought it was going to be or they like weren't prepared for it. Like entrepreneurship is not something that you just jump into. It has to be done strategically. It has to be done with intention. Mm -hmm. Um, And there will be some months that are much harder than others. And of course, you'll get better over time. But I wouldn't suggest that anyone just jump into entrepreneurship. You need some prior experience. You need some prior metrics to be able to go by. Um, And it's not something you just jump into. You have to be very strategic about entrepreneurship. One thousand
0: sure. percent, one thousand percent. It's definitely strategic, and I'm even on board with having some type of prior experience. You know, we it, it's a reason why it was so difficult, and I think that the reason why people after school jump into entrepreneurship is because of how difficult they make it for uh, college students to get entry level positions with no experience. Yes. So yes. it's like it's it's like a double edged sword because it's not for everyone, but they kind of make it seem like it's necessary because. Here we are having a hard time getting jobs in our field with no experience, but they're rec- the, the fact that they're requiring experiences means that you're like whatever you're jumping into entrepreneurship for whatever industry you're in it, that also requires experience so it's like you still have to start somewhere um whether it's an uh an internship whether it's an apprenticeship somewhere the experiences need to come from somewhere before mm-hmm. you just jump and dive into it so the next question to follow up with that is all right. So basically, the answer is no, you don't um, recommend entrepreneurship to everyone. But would you recommend mentorship to everyone?
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And, and tell us a little bit why. Why would you um, recommend mentorship to everyone?
1: You you pick a mentor. They're giving you a gameplay to get they, but The mentor has to know you personally. They have mm-hmm. to know, like you, who you are as a person. They have to know what you do professionally, what you do well. Like if you pick a mentor, you better be sure that that's where you want to be, because that's going to be your outcome. That's going to be your bottom line.
0: Mm-hmm. And um,
1: I think, I think the, something that people should be more cautious about with mentors is picking the right one.
0: Yes, yes. And the reason why I wanted to ask you that question, Car, is because I just know so many people. When I ask, like, do you have a mentor or, you know, what, why, ha- why haven't you picked a mentor yet? And it's just like the understanding of what a mentor is, is people think that it's only for entrepreneurship, right? Like only people who are entrepreneurs or trying to be their own boss or doing these things that we're talking about, these are the only people that need mentors. And as you stated, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. But I do agree that everyone needs a mentor because of what you just said. It's more so, again, back to that statement of you hang around the fire, you're bound to get lit and carefully and strategically picking the right people to spend time with that are in a position that you want to be in. Um, And I'm a huge fan of having a mentor in every single aspect. Like I have a mentor for uh, like pretty much anything that I want to be good at. I find a mentor that is already good at it and I surround myself with them. I love that. So um as we're starting to wrap it up, that was uh that was pretty much the the last question that I had in the content segment. And uh, I do wanna, you know, as we were talking about for you, uh some of that comfortable and, and luxury looks like, you know, buying things and treating yourself to things. Um, what has been like the proudest purchase of 2021 for you and and why? What made that that uh that purchase or that that pickup um so worth it?
1: I think it wasn't necessarily a purchase. I think it was just the investment in myself last year was Mm. an amazing overall investment in myself in every aspect, Mm. deciding to really go through with that program. That was a huge investment that's paying off for me already. Like Mm -hmm. I have like five new offers, which I'm excited about um, because of that opportunity. It introduced me to five new opportunities. So that's really great. I think my, over, my best investment last year was just in me overall. Only doing things that I really wanted to do. Um, only being places where I felt valued. Um, really just allowing the dead leaves to fall off. When I say dead leaves, I mean, just things that were, they were just around, but they weren't necessarily doing anything for me this applies to people this applies to spaces um it applies to my old mindset just letting it go my best investment last year was me it was like hers 2021 so i think that is the overall best investment
0: and i was just about to reference that if you didn't already Cara. i had a feeling that that was going to be um your answer because that's where your mind was uh fixated on the entire year like literally yeah. hers 2021 you're pretty much saying that everything that you want is already yours you're focusing yes. on investing in the things that you want uh and investing in the things that you want is ultimately investing in yourself uh so that's a great answer and um, I still you know think that that is a great mantra uh and I'm glad that you know you found the benefits on fixating and focusing on those things because clearly it has is has helped you get to where you are now where you're focusing on you know limitless 2022 so man, I'm just, that's just so dope. So shout out to you. Um, I do want to switch gears just a little bit before we wrap things up And this segment, I like to call rapid fire and it is brought to you by pod deck. So I got my pod decks here, um, which I'm just going to pick out five random cards out of this deck. And, uh, it's not going to be related on what we were talking about at all. So, uh, again, be brief, be brilliant and have fun and uh, try not to like, you know, struggle, like think too hard on it. If it's just too okay. hard, we're just going to swap, we're just going to swap to another question. Okay. All right, perfect. So the first one is have you ever No, I actually did that one too many times, so I'm going to retire that one. What happened on your worst date?
2: Oh my god. Um
0: they they coming out swinging already, card. That was <laughs> the first time that I even that I didn't even know that card existed. This is literally the first time. <laughs> I got that car.
1: <laughs> I'll never forget this guy. It had to be like my sophomore year of college um took me out, and we went to I don't even remember what that restaurant was called. It was like I don't know I don't even remember the name of the restaurant, but they had really great like biscuits, right, mm-hmm. so um, we're at the day and we're there and we're eating, and we're having a good time. And I asked him, you know, have the waitress order more biscuits. And I like stepped off to go use the restroom. And I come back and the biscuits are like all over the table. And I'm trying to figure out like what happened? Like, and, and the guy wasn't there. And I look outside the window and the place looks like, like a train wreck. Like someone came and tossed the, the drinks over and like threw the bread all over the place. The guy was dating someone else and she followed us to the restaurant, waited for me to go to the restroom, came to the table, turned up at the table and literally he he like took her outside. You can just see everyone looking out and I'm just sitting at the table with all the tossers like, what is going on
0: oh man that and at is that point crazy. like I
1: was I was waiting for my parents to send me my car like my car wasn't there yet it was gonna take another two weeks to get there I kid you not like I just had to wait at the restaurant <laughs> until one of my friends came and got me because the guy I came out on a date with that brought us there and his girlfriend that I didn't know anything about the thing is I think she drove from Philly like she drove from philly was sitting at the school followed us to the restaurant and made a scene as soon as i left
0: well at least she made the scene after you left
1: it was so <laughs> crazy i'm like some of the stuff like what was going what <laughs> i just Man. wanted to <laughs> like,
0: i just wanted some biscuits i came back to this now you now you didn't even get the biscuits because they all over the table
1: all <laughs> over the table literally i was like out of there my friend came 20 minutes later
0: Mm-hmm. And I I
1: had her pick me up on the opposite side of the place. And we just left. I don't even know what happened. I don't think I, like, I, I ran into him once, like, a week later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, he just looked beat up. Like, she tore him up.
0: Man, what <laughs> happened just, to the bill?
1: I just kept walking. He paid it because I wasn't paying it. Like, what oh. do I look like? <laughs> I said, this is the disturbance on his end. And they just let me go because they felt bad for me, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Well, shoot, ho- hopefully that never have to, have to, has to happen again.
1: Oh, no, I didn't go on another date until my parents, my car got there.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> but here we go, number two. Would you rather go 30 days without your phone or your entire life without dessert?
1: My entire life without dessert.
0: Okay. Pretty no, easy one. no, no,
1: never mind. Uh-oh. Starbucks is technically a dessert. so Starbucks is a dessert. My phone. Yeah, maybe just without my phone.
0: Okay all right if you were reincarnated as a famous person or landmark which would it be
2: or who would it be yeah
0: no idea we could switch that one up i get that one a lot anyway okay um, i get that one a lot what is something that you hate but you wished you
2: loved um i don't know i don't really deal with anything i hate <laughs>
0: that's that's a blessing i don't really
1: do anything i hate like i can't i don't let it get to that point
0: that's that's a blessing so we'll, we'll, we'll count that as an answer because like that's still pretty encouraging like to have no you don't hate nothing like okay what about an activity like that is like recommended for like business or like your job or like just success in general like nothing that is just like oh i don't want to do accounting or I don't want to do payroll but it's like you wished you loved it nothing like that
1: no I my job like I work with people that I actually like so like I don't really deal with the whole hate this don't Mm want to do this well I think the closest thing is like I know I have a strict workout schedule I don't always want to go but I, I don't hate it Mm. but it's not something i would like rather do if i'm not in the mood to do it but i know i have to do it does that make sense
0: yeah so so you don't hate it but if anything you wish you could be obsessed over so it was just less of a hassle
1: yeah maybe that
0: okay all right that's fair enough that's fair enough that's a good one um number four is what is something that most people are obsessed with but you just don't get the point of
2: Mm. avocado toast what you don't like avocado toast? I just think
1: like it's I don't know it just seems like a lot of calories to me.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't I, I don't think I obsess over, it, but it is pretty it's pretty good. I have some bad ones though, but I, I've had some pretty pretty good ones that I'm like okay every time I go here now I feel like I gotta get it.
1: I think it's good, but it's not like phenomenon worthy. Like I don't know, it's something about millennials and toast and <laughs> with avocado oil. <on> <laughs> what?
0: I don't right.
2: know. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> all right. Last one here is, would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life?
1: Tacos. I'm from the West Side.
0: Okay. Tacos. So, so all right. So, I, I heard that the West Side has some some pretty good tacos. Tacos um,
1: are lit over here. They're so it, lit.
0: You got any, like, uh, some, like, rec- your top, give us just two, two spots you would recommend for tacos if we make it a trip out to Cali.
1: Um compadres okay the tacos at compadres and then there's another joint in inglewood martin fiestas i love their tacos oh okay. and there's another place too um what's the name of that javier's javier's is lit
0: javier's compadres and martin's martin's tacos yes martin's?
1: martin's yep
0: all right Coolio. Coolio. So. Now I know when I hit, hit Cali, I got to figure out this, where those places are and then make sure I'm staying in the B&B. Or nearby. anywhere
1: where you see the taco stands in East LA, they're going to be fired.
0: Oh, wow. So y'all got like the street taco stands too?
1: Street taco stands are all over East Los Angeles. They're lit. Right.
0: This is a really important question so I could see like the type of the type of tacos you like. Are you a corn tortilla or a flour tortilla?
1: Flour tortilla, all day.
0: All right, all right, all right. You're on to something now because if you would have said that corn, I would have felt a little bit of questions.
1: Well, here's the thing. They have some really good places that make great corn tortillas, like handmade hand Mm tossed. but it's always a crazy long line.
0: Oh yeah. I'm just not a fan of corn tortillas, but maybe it's just like the places that I was getting them from.
1: When you go to like the, the, the taco stands that hand make them, it's Mm. a whole different ballgame. You get to see them make them, man. It's nothing like it. Those processed ones though. Mm. they're just okay
0: <laughs> mm. okay that 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 makes sense all right well Kara, i gotta say i appreciate you having fun with me and for this in-depth conversation and most importantly dropping some great game and gems on our millionaires out there that'll be listening to this one um as we're starting to wrap it up i got a couple more closing questions for you and um the first one we already kind of touched on this already you know it's a question on coping with stress and you know, how do you do it and how does it help? We pretty much talked about that the entire, the entire episode. So I want to switch it up and ask you a question about self-love. You know, how would you define self-love and how important is self-love to you?
1: Self-love is the most important thing to me right now. Um, and I define it by how do I feel when I wake up in the morning? And how do I feel when I go to bed at night? Like when I first wake up and I look in the mirror and I'm saying my affirmations out loud, like every time I look in the mirror, I want to be able to look in that mirror and I want to pretend like eight year old me is looking with me and she's proud of me.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: how I measure um, how much do I love myself? What? It, how, how much have I stayed near my vision or how have I manifested the vision that eight year old me had? And how can I continue to grow?
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's
1: how I measure my self-love.
0: That's amazing. I, I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. And um, nextly, so you talked about your eight-year-old self, but let's, let's see. Let's say that you walk past 18-year-old self. What would be some advice that you would give to 18-year-old Cara?
1: Um, I literally just put a list together the other day and it was like things that I wish someone had shared with me in my early twenties. Mm. And on that list, I'm like literally looking for it. Cause I just typed it, like just typed it the other day. And I think the first thing on the list was, you know, not putting so much stock into dating or relationships because they're important but they're not like everything and like I didn't know that my partner or men that I would like possibly like to date they were on the level of the next level of me of my growth so Mm. I think I would have put less focus on dating and um having like personal relationships that were beneficial and I would more so do work on myself and I would tell her that family is now a group of people that you could create for yourself, um, that friends are going to come and go. And that's perfectly OK. Um, you don't need to know what you want to do to have a career. Just do things that make you feel true to you and only work where you're valued.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: people are going to be liars, <laughs> but just trust their actions. Mm-hmm. Um have great saving habits and, you know, don't take that credit card out. You don't need it. Like, you're, you're, not, you're not really spending money like that. You're in school. Don't get a credit card until you're finished. Um, don't shrink yourself. Be you and the world will adjust. And you will definitely outgrow the community you come from. And they're going to stop affirming you. But just become very comfortable with affirming yourself. Mm. That's everything I would have told 18-year-old Cara.
0: That that last one, that last one hit home. That last one hit home is just being comfortable with affirming yourself mm-hmm. and um not always looking for praise and, and affirmations from others. Because even if you do get those praise and those affirmations from others, it really doesn't. It really doesn't matter. um I had a <laughs> coach. I had a coach who tell me uh, a while ago, Cara, it is that you know always take the things people say about you with a grain of salt. Even the, like definitely the negative things. Like if if you're going to take the negative things and you're going to like, oh, this is so true about me. You're never, you're never going to feel good about yourself. But you should also not allow the good, the good things and the affirmations that people say about you and, you know, run with it as well and allow it to blow up your head. You want to just stay true to yourself and just affirm yourself and pay most attention to you and how you feel about yourself because that's the only thing that really matters.
1: Yes, I absolutely agree with that.
0: So uh, now I want to give you the space, Cara, to, you know, tell us a little bit more about you know, where we can find you, any special projects that you can share with us that you're super excited about. Uh, but yeah, now this is the space to more so plug yourself in and tell us a little bit more about you.
1: Um, You can keep tabs with me via my Instagram, via social media. Um, I have the show. I put out episodes every couple of weeks. Um, Yeah, and just online. If you ever type in the Clara Craig show, like projects that I have, that I'm working on pop up.
0: Mm-hmm. awesome awesome so the car craig show on instagram all handles the car craig show
1: all handles cool, well, except though. twitter i think twitter it's like miss Car Craig, but i'm not really on there it's like just yeah. professional development personal development quotes on there but um yeah i have some projects coming out but i can't talk about them until they're out
0: <laughs> okay well for you all millionaires who are excited about everything that car has shared with us today and you look at, and you're just as uh, anticipating those projects that she's keeps talking about that we can't know about yet. Make sure you follow her on those socials so that she can get updated and you can check them out uh, then and see any ways that you can be involved and in her growth I- I as well. So I appreciate you, Cara, uh, for joining us and taking time to, you know, have it, have these conversations and chop it up with me. And as always to the millionaires out there that are listening, and I'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show week in week out. And thanks in advance for becoming the change agents that you're bound to become as you apply the principles that you heard today. Um, Little sidebar, if you are uh, interested in investing in real estate out there, but you have little time or money to fully jump in, don't really know where to get started. We just launched our Side Hustle Accelerator in real estate, which is a 12-week course with a done-for-you experience to just help you make huge profits in real estate transactions without taking ownership of the property. To learn more about how you can close your first 10K deal in 90 days, visit kaispeaks.com slash academy, and you can find out more information there. But as with that being said, guys, I'm your guy, Kai Speaks. You just heard it from Cara Craig on Really, the importance of normalizing comfort and luxury in your life. Just remember to keep focused, build momentum, and drive results so you can live abundantly. Peace. Hey guys. So, thanks to you all, the Million Dollar Mind podcast has went global. The number one passion and attraction podcast in the world right now huge support from the UK, Ireland, France, Belgium, Tanzania and of course the United States. With this accomplishment, we are getting bigger and better than ever. Now that said, we are soon incorporating video production and YouTube platform to the show so you guys can witness the podcast in full effect. You can now become a supporter of the Million Dollar Mind podcast by visiting the link in the description below, share your support with me via email and you will receive a free gift. Tis the season to give. Peace.